Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? The show where you get to hear about people, places, and things through my blind life perspective. I am your host, Victor Gouveia. And remember, if you like what you're about to hear, hit that subscribe button and that like button over there in the corner. And uh, if, you, if you think someone can use the information we give, by all means, share it. Definitely. We're also broadcasting on the Facebook page and as well on Periscope. So uh, hopefully with any luck, we'll get some people listening to our next guest and get inspired as I was. Um, before I get into that, let me just say that, you know, uh, every so often you meet people that you just don't expect. And um, those people are sometimes very helpful in, well, raising you up. And my next guest is no exception. Uh, she's an author. Uh, she's raised and helped to raise children and grandchildren, eight of which that I know of. And that she knows of anyway. <laughs> uh, she's also survived and killed off cancer. And uh, my God, she missed the Oklahoma City bom bombing by hours. I mean, I can't, I couldn't wait to tell her story. And I'm kind of hoping she can't wait either. I want you to meet Joetta K. Lewis, everyone. Please welcome. Hi, Joetta. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, you know what? As soon as I, I spoke to you, I kind of had to interview you. I mean, <laughs> just, just the stories alone were just out of sight. But first, okay, I'm going to ask what I ask all my, all my guests. What is your visual acuity? I'm legally blind. I have uh, hazy vision in my right eye and my left eye was removed in 2019. Right. And now you told me the name of this and I don't want to say it for, for fear that I'll just mangle it to death. Uh, do you want to tell everyone how you lost your vision? The autoimmune disorder, it's very rare. It is called Volk Koyanagi Hereda Syndrome, otherwise known as VKH or Hereda's disease. I see. And what did that do? It basically is like where your total um, central nervous system turns and attacks itself. Right. Even though there's nothing wrong, it does it anyway. And... Um, it affects like not just it affects my balance, my skin, mm -hmm. my joints, right, and right. Um, the lining of my brain and spinal right. cord. Right, right. You also said you had spinal stenosis, which is something my wife suffers from as well. I mean, that is debilitating all on its own. 
Yeah, but then I found out a few years ago I had something else that ran right beside it. I what? have been diagnosed with late stage multiple sclerosis. Oh my God. And yet you're <laughs> still going. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my I goodness. Know. I mean, when you've got a cornucopia of, of issues and yet you're just so happy. Well, at least I think well, you're happy. Listen, I have my days. Don't get me wrong. Uh -huh. uh, if I stayed in Belgiumville, I I wouldn't even be here. Okay. Right. 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 So, you know. So it's one of two things: you either rise to the occasion and get above it. Or you uh -huh. sink and stay below and just pay. I refuse to I refuse to sink. Right, right. And did did your children and grandchildren have anything to do with that? I mean, I always I always think that people have something to look forward to or look up to that helped them get up there. Was there anything that helped you? When I had the autoimmune disorder, yes, it was my children. Mm -hmm. But with this MS, this just came in the last few years. Right. So that had nothing to do with them at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But with, with, with the autoimmune disorder, oh, yeah, because we're under the age of 15, uh -huh. all three uh -huh. of them. So they were 12, 9, and 6. Right. And, I mean, I'm sorry, but nobody can take care of your kids better than you can. True that. So... Yeah, you know, I refuse to so bad that I couldn't take care of my children. Right. Even today, you're you're taking care of your uh, one of your smartest grandchildren, uh, Michael, who is five. Am I correct? Yes. Do you it want? It's just and, for today. No, no, I get it. I get it. It's just for today, and even though. He would steal your your cane. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've you've got to tell that story, please. Well, when he was one, um, I used to uh, appointments. I'd be looking for my cane or my shoes, and the little bugger would go hide him because he didn't <laughs> want me to leave the house. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And I yeah. tried to get him to bring it to him and he wouldn't do it. I'm like, really, Michael? And <laughs> and, and why was he doing then, that? Because he didn't want me to leave the house. And that's it, isn't it? You are that amazing that no one wants you to leave their house. I mean, at least how in his eyes anyway. Well, no, I, I would think in mine as well. I mean, I, I, I was yesterday, I could have talked to you forever because of what I was hearing. I mean, you made me and my wife laugh a, a lot. And, <laughs> and, and that's it. I mean, your attitude towards life in as a whole is just amazing. You don't find that attitude very often. Well, well, that's what I've been told, even by the doctors who I run into uh, from time to time. They look at me and then they'll see my medical 
chart and they'll look at me again like, how do you do it? I'm like, do what? You know, right. I just, I just live. I mean, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? Am exactly. I supposed to let it, you know, am I supposed to let it drop, drop me like a stone? Like I said, don't get me wrong. I have my days. There are days it gets to me, but I don't stay there. Right. I did move on. Right, right. And you've been, you've been married? Yeah. Right. And. Yep, and gone. <laughs> your husband declined there for a while for, what was the issue? Uh, his father had molested him. I'm sorry? And his father had molested him. Right. For what the, what the therapist said. Right. And um, they, I guess he mentally blocked it out. Right. And uh, uh, when he found out, he just... It, it when it finally came to back to light, it just threw him for a 360, I guess. Right. And he tried to take me along with him, and I wasn't going there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. nope. This is not what I was dealing with. So, nope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and where you were born in Oklahoma, and is that where you were raised? Yes. In Oklahoma City. Yeah. And you yep. had you had sight for the majority of your life? Yeah, I didn't lose my vision till I was 37. Right. But you started well, because of something a friend told you, you started to notice that you started your progression into your condition early in life. Yeah. Uh, one of the doctors had told me uh, 10 years into my disorder, he did some research back when and come to find out that it could have been back when I was younger that it actually started because one of the tail uh, hairs and lashes and eyebrows and stuff like that. And when he told me that, I remembered when I was 16, <clears throat> pulling out pure white lashes out of my eyelid. And I'm like, wait a minute. He said, right, usually right. what it is like smoldering at that, but it doesn't come out full blown till you get your like upper age, 30s, 40s. That's when it starts to strike. Right. So, and that just kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, wow. But back now, when I was younger, it didn't affect me like it did. And this was back in the 70s, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were you, I mean, I have to ask, and, and I hope you don't think less of me, but were you vain like other kids your age? Oh, God, no. My mama raked, raked me over the booth. I was not really? one of those, no, I was not one of those stuck-up kids. No, we grew up in poverty, so no. Yeah. I wasn't one of those type of kids, so no, not at all. Yeah. Um, and, I was and so one it, of those kids that make friends easy, makes friends easily, you know, 
didn't put up with a bunch of crap, but I did make friends easy. And that's a testament to you. I mean, I have to say, that's a testament to your attitude and your personality. I mean, a lot, a lot of people are like that. I had a lot of friends uh, back then. Some of them have gotten recently gotten a hold of me across space, but some of them I hadn't seen in years. And uh, they found me on Facebook and I started laughing. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and one of them, she wasn't from school, but we used to flex when our two oldest, our oldest kids were kids. Mm-hmm. And the last time I seen my friend was 17 years ago on right. the northwest side of the town back home. Sure. And so she found me through my son on Facebook. And we've been talking off and on ever since. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so right, right. And now both our kids are up in age, got kids of their own, and they're doing what they do. And um my friend i just like this she told me she had been hit by COVID twice and i'm like what (laughs) so but she's okay she's still recouping she's okay so i was like that's good to hear because i was like really worried about her there for a minute she's doing okay wow Wow. So, I mean, was it hard for you to lose your sight at the age of 37? It was. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I had two kids still at home Mm -hmm. working on them. Um, I had a car. I was used to helping people because um, sometimes I knew friends of mine that didn't have a car. And if they need to go to the store or something, I say, hey, I'm going to the store. Would you like to go with me and get you some shopping done? Or, you know, if there's anything. Um, the hardest part of me losing my sight was having to give up my driving. Oh, my that God, yeah. The hardest. That was the hardest. For me, uh, too, yeah. Was, yeah, because you're used to going and getting things and getting on back. Right. You're not used to having people worse rush you and i used to love driving mm-hmm. yeah i used to love driving yeah because sometimes i get up early in the morning um especially before i had kids i used to get up early in the morning and head to work there in the early morning and watch the sun come up and kind oh, of more or less God. watch listen to the world wake up yeah, yeah, so exactly. Uh huh. Gotta get my head together for the day. That yeah. was my my thing. I like to do. Yeah, I was. I mean, yeah. I was. I was roughly the same age as you. I was thirty two when I lost my sight, and uh, I I have to say, losing my license was the hardest part of it. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I went into a deep dark depression. When I lost mine, did that affect you as well? I didn't go dark because, like I said, I had small kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I did have a six-hour bout 
I did have a six-hour bout. Um, I'm sorry, you my had kids a kids went to school. Sorry, a six-hour bout of self. And um, when my kids went to school, mm -hmm. um, that's when I dealt with it. Right. And um, they say you go through the seven stages of anger. And I did it in six. And um, because I knew, I knew I had to fight. Right. In order right. to take care of my kids, I had to fight. And of course, um, I prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. You know, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, it's me and you. Let's do this because I've got to take care of my of my kids. Right. And were you were you taking care of them by yourself at the time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Needless to say, it couldn't have been easy for you at that point. Well, no, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Right. And it yeah. was it was doubly hard because I was going to school at the time. And um, to pick up um, my certificate. Mm -hmm. And um, I was also going to enter the RM program after I did that. Right. But I didn't get the chance to test for my certificate. Mm -hmm. And I was two weeks from going into the RM program when I lost my sight. Wow. So, yeah. That must have it been really was, hard for you, yeah. It was frustrating. To say and the I least, said, yeah. Okay. Yes, I just said, okay, this is not the route I'm supposed to go then. So I had to change gears. And, sure. You know, and now I'm trying to uh, go back and brush up on a lot of my jaws skills mm -hmm. so I can do um, go into either medical coding and billing or medical one of the two. Right, right. Are you so a fast typist? I I think I am. I think I'm a quick study. Uh-huh. It's uh -huh. just yeah, you know, once I do that, it's just a matter of getting see if anybody would give me the chance to get you know you know because if you look at the job field nowadays mm -hmm. the minute they see that you're blind they really don't want to deal with you right right and there was i mean we were and, talking about this yesterday you not only have one discriminatory issue you have three i mean you're a triple threat not only are you black but you're a woman and you're blind. Yeah. I mean, I can't, ima I can't, ima I can't imagine what life would have been like for you at that point. I mean, can you well, tell us? I know when I tried to get this one job, uh, mm -hmm. um, I went to this company. I won't bring up their name, mm -hmm. but uh, when they did the phone interview, they said I sounded good. Right. And they seen my resume, they said it looked good. Get there. 
right, to right. do the face face to face interview, and I get stopped by a receptionist in staging. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at me going, well, you need to finish filling out the application on the computer. Do y'all have JAWS in your system that I can do that? Well, no, JAWS is not supported. Are you sure you know what the hell you're doing here? <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> you know, the worst part is it, that's all too common, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and it took everything in me not to go off. And you know what? I think you should have. I really believe you should have, because I mean, some people just deserve it. Yeah, but see, I just am a professional bend. Mm-hmm. So what I wound up doing was going around to HR. Right. And I talked to somebody in human resources and I said, look, when I called up here to ask if you guys had jobs, told me y'all would be able to get it. Mm. Now I come to find out that your computer is not accepting jobs. So why did I waste my time even driving this far out here to be talked to like I was over in staging? Mm hmm. Did they even try and to put so you on hunt? Even... Did they even try to put jaws on it? No. Not at so, all. So how did they figure? I don't know. But yeah. to this day they still have the nerve to this day they still have the nerve to send job leads. Oh my gosh. And I delete them. As soon as I see them, I just delete them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I can imagine. <laughs> I would that would piss me off royally. Yeah, well, yeah. I figured y'all stupid enough to send them. I'm just gonna be smart enough to delete them. <laughs> and yeah, that's all that's you can do atmosphere. at this point. I mean, yeah. short of blocking them, that's pretty much all you can do. Yeah, well, I mean, I look at it like this. Anything that can disturb my atmosphere in 0.5 seconds is nothing I want any part of. Yeah, that's a that's a given, yeah. I mean... I just it, delete them. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean... And your children weren't always the easiest to get along with, were they? At least your daughter wasn't. Um, yeah, and she wasn't, but you know, bad. <laughs> so I can't really complain much. I mean, she drove me through. Oh boy, she drove. Especially when she thought her and her friend was going to go to Mexico. <laughs> and then she, she, you know, at 12 years old, she's going to let an 11 year old tell her they're going to Mexico. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> But she was really smart, though, wasn't she? Uh, in fact, all of your children are really smart. They are. Yeah. yeah. You know, my oldest one, her, uh, her, my oldest one who has my granddaughter, she's mm-hmm. in the company. Right. And my son, he's... Uh, 
recently retired from the military medically. Um, he's also a technician. I think you said he did two tours of uh, Afghanistan, wasn't it? Two tours of Afghanistan and one of Iraq. I see. Yeah. 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 So he did three. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah. I was just happy. And I'm sorry, he, you cut you cut out there for a second. You were. I'm just happy he came back in one piece. Yeah, that is a blessing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Plus, he has family, right? Yep, Michael yeah. is his. Right. As a, as a stepdaughter through his wife, and my other grandson Jaden lives with him as well. Right, so. right. It's amazing how these kids are amazing to us, but they become amazing to other people as well, not to mention your kids in the service. Mm -hmm. And was was he there for long? Seven years. Seven years. And that's a long time to be in that horror. Yeah. He never saw the combat line, but um, he had to do guard duty at the wire and um, patrols and stuff like that. But yeah, that was yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, you're, like I said, your life was amazing to say the least. And you've actually chronicled your life in both memories, in, in poems, on a published book called The Open Window. Mm -hmm. And did. can you tell everyone what that book is about? Basically, it's poems throughout from high school to being an adult to um, having kids and getting married to mm -hmm being back on my own again. Right. So uh, each one of the poems had, and um, it's fairly easy to follow them. Mm -hmm. They're not simple by no means and not all of them, a lot of them. Some people think when you write poetry, you're rhyming and things like that. No, mm -hmm. I don't write that way. Right. One's designed to make you think. Right, right. I mean, that's in the category of Maya Angelou, isn't it? Sort of, yeah. Yeah, sort I of, mean. Yeah. I always thought of her. She's, uh, of she's her a book. lady. I loved her. I loved her, her work. Right, very much, right. Very much so. Um, in fact, a lot of my poetry before I published this book, um, uh -huh. made anthologies through the International Library of Poetry. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them, uh, Endless Mysteries, is an anthology they have that one of my poems actually made it to the center of the book. Wow, and congratulations. And it was like 1,200, 1, thanks. It was like 1,200 poets in this one book. Right. And um, 
seat. And when I found mine, it was in the center along right. with a whole bunch of others. But I was like, the center? Whoa, hello. So, uh, yeah. And then a few of them I wound up getting Editor's Choice Awards for. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, not, um, International Library of Poetry's Editor's Pick Plaque. Um, they wanted me to come to symposiums, but I couldn't afford all that. So, no, you know, of course, I just yeah. didn't go. Now, did, uh, but, did you sub? I mean, just so our viewers know, you weren't the one that submitted these uh, to these awards, were you? It was somebody else who who submitted your your writings. Oh no, I turned them in myself. Oh, okay. And they did, yeah. I turned my own work. The whole the whole thing. It has to be your original works. So. Right. Yeah, so I had to submit them myself. Oh, and I still write. I still write um, quite a a poetry still, and um, I put them up on different. I haven't done none in a while because I've been dealing with things right now. So right. um, But um, I still got poems that I've written that have never seen the light of day as the day I wrote them. Well, that, I mean, so, that's... Yeah. Let's get the inside track, Joanna. I mean, are we looking at a second book? It's a possibility. I just got to get them scanned into the computer and and put together and then sent to a publisher right. to see, you know, what they would say about it. Right, right. And go from there. Right. And that I am working on a book. Actually, two. One cookbook everybody's been after me to do. <laughs> Which one is uh, that? The cookbook people have been oh, after my me for a while. That's right. I, I forgot about that. You're an amazing cook, apparently. Mm-hmm. Don't want the headaches. Thank you. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Don't want the headache. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, you enjoy it when I cook. That's cool. I'm good. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? That's it. As long as it doesn't yep. kill you, that's pretty much all you have to worry about. Yeah, people have been after me to do that. And yeah. um, the other one is about me living with this disorder, which I've I've been writing since the day I was told it was there. Right. You mean the VKH? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm working and, on that as well. Right. And how has it? I mean, has it been hard on you? Oh, boy. Yeah. A yeah. lot of me is going to be in that book. I mean, because the way I wrote it, I uh, decided to write it as as so people would find it easy to follow along mm-hmm. and uh, see what I was going through because I did go through a lot of mental up and downs yes. an awful lot of that because um, their primary for this mm-hmm. to get the inflammation in under control sure 
is to take oral steroids. And um, I was taking 100 milligrams daily. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's the highest outpatient dosage you can take. Right. Without being put into the hospital. Right, right. And um, I had to go in every few months to have my blood tested every few months to um test and the mood swings and ugh, yeah it was rough it was rough yeah. my kids didn't even know who they were coming home to sometimes yeah and it would affect your balance your skin color various parts of you isn't it oh yeah 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, I went through a whole lot of changes with that stuff. And I even had what they call leg ulcers. And basically what that was, was I was holding so much water. Water was pushing through the skin. Right. And, and uh, they had to wrap my legs to catch all the extra fluid coming out. Right. And I had to go every week to hydrotherapy to do a new uh, new leg wrap. And that was getting crazy. So I had my right. kids go with me because medical didn't want to keep covering it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, but y'all help my kids learn how to do this and we can do this at home. So my kids came, they learned it. And every week we I have then sip me and me and my kids would sit there in the living room with mm -hmm. a towel on the floor right. and they'd wrap my legs. Wow. And would that do so, anything to bring the swelling down? No, what it does is it catches all the extra fluid uh -huh. and keeps falling. Right. Because, right. Uh, until I got off the steroids, there was no way the water was going to leave. Right. So finally, one day, um, uh, 2000, um, mm -hmm. I was home and I remember the warning my doctor gave me, my eye doctor gave me, he said, if it comes a day that you cannot get out of bed, get up. He said, your heart's going to go crazy. I said, okay. So one day, it felt like I couldn't move. Right. And I, I said, okay, Lord, get me out of this bed. And as soon as I started rocking from side to side, I was able to rock with enough momentum. I swung into my power chair. And the minute I did that, my heart started going. And my kids were coming in from school. Mm -hmm. And when my daughter sees my face, she goes, Mama. I said, okay. And she calls 911. And what's so crazy is 911 put her on hold. You're old? They put her on hold. Oh, they put her on hold. Oh, my God. My 12-year-old daughter... <laughs> oh my god started started cussing 
I couldn't well, say I'd nothing. Well, I'd imagine, yeah. And nothing. She hung up the phone and she called the police. Right. And they got the ambulance there. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, uh, I went to the hospital. Mm hmm. They put me in ice in, in uh, the emergency. They gave me this. It looked like liquid brown sugar stuff, but it's called Caselex. Right. And what it does is it brings the potassium level down. Right. That's what it happened was my potassium had shot up. Really? So I had three of them in the room. Then they took me to ICU and I had four more. Uh huh. So they took my blood after all of that. They told me my potassium is still up, but not that. But they told me if I didn't get down by morning, everything in my leg or my arm. Right. And I'm like, I don't think so. So this doctor looked at me. He said, you get to do something. I said, oh, yeah, I sure am. Yeah, yeah. So that very. I had a nice conversation with the man upstairs. Right. And I remember getting really hot at the top of my head. And all of a sudden I felt it go down my shoulders uh -huh. and I went into a deep sleep. So deep, I didn't even feel the nurse draw any blood the next day. All I remember was feeling like somebody was staring at me. Right. And I woke up. I woke up. <clears throat> and it was the entire team of doctors staring <laughs> at me. And I'm looking, right. at I'm looking at him like, what's wrong? And one of them was scratching his head. He said, Miss Lewis, I don't know what to tell you. I said, what? He said, uh, you're back to normal. Back to normal? And I just smiled. Mm -hmm. Really? I mean, can anyone in your condition be back to normal? As far as the potassium goes. I guess it can be, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so I just smiled. I knew what did happened. You, did you have any, I, I mean, did you have a lot of these emergencies in your life? Different, different situations. Yeah. 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 Can you detail a couple of them? Well, like the one I told you about the cancer back in 2015. Right. Um, when they found it and I had a vision of what was going on and uh -huh. I knew that this was going to be okay because I saw hands go in. I saw me being closed up. I saw me leave. And usually they take out like two feet of coloring material. Mm -hmm. And when they went in to get it, it was only eight inches. Right. So I didn't even have to have an ostomy. They put me back the way I was. Mm -hmm. And I left out of that hospital nine days later. Um, really? Then the next year, I had to have neck surgery. Right. 
uh, they called a fusion laminectomy. Because mm-hmm. basically what happened was I fell on my neck when I was a kid. But uh-huh. what I didn't do is it set me up for arthritis. Because I was trying to figure out why I was having problems falling a lot. Right. In the last few years. And um, so when they did the x-rays, they saw where the spinal column up at the top was mm-hmm. kind of narrowed out. Right. So they opened C3, 4, 5, and 6 from the back of my neck. Right. And they put they put rods in to open it up and give it more room to move around. Right. And also where it be able to communicate the electrical impulses like it's supposed to. Sure. Well, that... Not too long after that, um, I got sick, real sick. I started sweating. Couldn't figure out for the life of me why. Now, Joetta, I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to ask you a favor. You can continue your story. I just have to let my dog out. I'm really sorry. Okay. Okay, So go ahead and continue your story. Okay. Okay. I got to the hospital. They put me in emergency room. They did not know what was. They got to the CAT scan, and they got an um, IV in. And as soon as they did that and traced the CAT scan, they took me into emergency surgery because they found out that I had my body and was heading toward the incision where they worked at the base of my neck. So I had to have that opened all over again and all the infected flesh scraped out all the way back to the spinal column. The hardest and the roughest thing I've ever been through in my life. And to, to say that labor is bad? No, it was way worse with this next surgery. That's in my estimation anyway. I survived that because I know once staph gets in your body, if it gets in your bones, it can kill you. But I have been blessed in the fact that they, they caught it before it happened. And it was just a nightmare, needless to say. But I managed to get past it. I managed to get over it. I managed to survive it. So um, it wasn't easy, but I did do it. And I'm grateful to God for everything that I've been through, no matter what has happened in my life. It has been a challenge, but it's... Thank you, Joetta. I apologize for that. No worries. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine your story. I can't imagine how you must feel. I can't complain. I mean, uh, we all go through different things and different times in our life, and like I said, it's up to you whether you rise above it and, and keep moving or you right. sink and you let it overcome you. Yes, and you sure you know, didn't let it overcome you. 
No. In fact, a lot of things you didn't let it overcome you. I mean, the cancer, you killed it. You actually killed the cancer in your body. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive all on its own. But, I mean, I was I was on the phone yesterday. And I was telling you how I got a deja vu moment where I knew I was supposed to ask you a question. And I, I just, out of nowhere, I just realized what I was going to ask you, something about the Oklahoma City bombing. And that's when you told me you missed it by hours. Yeah, I was supposed to be there that day. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was supposed to be in the Social Security building and... Uh, I couldn't go because my car messed up on me. And if it hadn't been that one factor, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. I felt the aftershock and I looked out my front door toward downtown and I seen this big old black smoke. And then all of a sudden on the news, it's telling me the Murrow building's been bombed and I'm, my mouth just dropped. Right, right. And I'm like, wow, because I was later. And I can only, it just, it just, it just flabbergasted me. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And all I could think of was, wow. Wow. And you, did, you weren't, all, you weren't living all that close to it, were you? No, I was like six miles away. Yeah, yeah. And yet you still felt an aftershock. Mm-hmm. And and were your kids kind of they were part at, of that? They were at school. They were at school. Yeah. They were I mean, at school. Believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, your your life is just one amazing story after another. I mean, I encourage everyone to go pick up her book, Open Window. Um, I did place the. Uh, the link where you can purchase the books on Amazon Canada and Amazon UK, US, rather, as well as a Thank link you. to the ebook version. Oh, no, please. It was my pleasure for that. I definitely <laughs> want people to read your book. And I want you to come out with new books, definitely. Well, as soon as I get these other two situated out, I'll yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so happy I interviewed you today. I am I so happy for that. I mean, like I said, I mean, it, it's not often that someone like you comes into someone's life and just impresses them so much. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I find I'm using the word inspirational too much. I mean, how do you, uh, how would you feel about someone calling you inspirational? It doesn't bother me. I mean, I've been told that a lot because when, uh, when we started this group uh, for the Independent Eagles, um, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people were like, you have so much going and so much going on and Yet you find time to do this, find time to do that. Uh, aren't we supposed to be helping each other along the way? Isn't that what you know God intended for us to do? So 
True that. You know, yeah. if I can, I'm going to do it. So mm-hmm. that's when Mary asked me if I could help get our um, pro one, the um, tax-free thing, exempt thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I knew who to contact and I did all the got all the applications and talked to the Secretary of State, got it registered, mm-hmm. used that paperwork to Mary, Mary got it filled out, got it back to their office, and we got our tax exam status. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, not too long ago, Mary passed away. So, Bronnie now has it, and uh, now she's the president. Uh, that uh, they're they're going they're they're growing. The group is still growing, and that's what the whole idea was. Sure. And they keep asking me if I'm coming back to visit. I said, if I do, I'll let you know. But uh, keep up with the group. Uh, they do have a Facebook page, which I will send you the link later for that. Yes, please um, do. Yeah. Um, but they're and up in very busy group. They do things throughout the year, like going to the Chocolate Museum mm-hmm. uh, down there in Sulphur Springs. And it's a beautiful place. Um, you get to hear the history of the Choctaw Nation. You get to actually walk through a forest of their design. You get to actually go through some of their dances. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you even get to learn how to do weaving. You get to learn uh, things. In fact, they have teepees and longhouses on the property. Uh, so you get to see this stuff day in and day out. Sure. Um, they even have a restaurant based on the three things that they they, they grew, which mm-hmm. is um, maize, corn, beans, and um, they use buffalo meat which is what they, you know, had to work with back in those days. So, yeah. And it's a real, really good learning experience for those that would like to learn more about Indian culture. Right, right. It's pretty neat. And they also go to places like um, the aquarium in Jones. No, is it Jones? I think so. St. John's Oklahoma have a museum there, uh-huh. um, an aquarium. Uh-huh. Um, so they'll go places like that. They'll go to Tulsa uh, when they do conferences, things like that. There's all kinds of stuff that they do, like I said, throughout the year. Uh, during the summer, it's baseball games, right. um, hockey games. They'll take people and, you know, introduce them to something that they thought they'd never get the chance to do. So, right. Yeah. It's, and, and they can't get up on themselves to do that. And I think it's pretty awesome. Because mm-hmm. they usually mm-hmm. become a service-oriented group. Right. And it's not all about politics. It's not all about fundraising. It's about community. That's true. That's true. And even, I mean, even if you don't believe in God, you should be trying to help your fellow men at the very least through life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I think we were put on this earth. 
Yep. I mean, that's that's just common sense. I mean, if you want a world where you can live and be proud of, then you have to help people and support them in their endeavors. Right. You know. I know a friend of mine got mad at me. I got on a rant on Facebook one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was upset because let's face it, we live in a world of diversity mm-hmm. and no one person who comes to another is going to remain pure. Come on. If love looked at, at, at race purity, we'd uh-huh. be screwed because exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'd be screwed. So you're not going to be a pure not going to be a pure Scandinavian. You're not going to be a pure African. You're not going to be a pure Indian, except for those that stay in their origin group. Right, exactly. But even then, so, even then, so, inside their own groups, they're mixed. Some of them so it's still not pure. Nobody right. in America is pure. Nobody in this world is pure and well, just like that's said, the thing right i mean what do you consider pure pure what <laughs> thank you thank you, you know thank you. that's why i turned around and said you know what everybody that's come to america they want wet marrying somebody else that they fell in love with who they fell in love with yes and if you look at the statue of liberty the last uh uh Give me your tired, your tempest tossed, bring them to the golden door. I'm paraphrasing some of that. Right. But the point is, you come here, you're going to get mixed up somewhere down the line with somebody. You're going to marry somebody, you're going to fall in love with somebody, and you're going to be intermingled in your races. Let's face it, nobody's 100% nothing here. And we're fa- all Americans. We're all worldwide people. Mm-hmm. Point blank. And the fact is, I mean, the Statue and- of Liberty pretty much mm-hmm. says, come here for a better life. Well, I'm paraphrasing exactly. just like you were. <laughs> yeah, but some of them came to escape prosecution. Some of them were exiled from <laughs> their country. Others Again, came trying, because- to, uh, trying to get a better life. Mm-hmm. You know, whether others they're escaping were, prosecution or what. Right, and other slaves. But still, you know, it, it happened as things just got different on through the decades and decades and generations and on down the line. Right. And if you if you go to Ellis Island and look at the books or new names you'll know it's not going to be you'll see the the mix of races in through the book right for people you know come together from this country people came together from this country and then if you go through the census bureau you'll see where people intermingled and had kids and come on now (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, you'll have to bear with me. My dog is barking like a crazy puppy. <laughs> That's okay. By all That's means, okay. keep telling, keep talking. You sound amazing. But, you know, I just get it that way. Nobody here for them to sit there and say so is, a, is not right. So let's just face it. We're here to be here for one reason or another, whether you came for one thing or another back in your past is your past. This is now. What we need to do is come together as a nation instead of always fight this, that, and the other, and you did this to me, and they did that to you, and we're going to take up for this, and we're going to take up for that. No. That should stop. This is, we've gone too far in our country's history for this stuff to start all over again. You might, as well, roll, you might as well roll back 200 years if that's the case. Yeah, exactly. And I could just imagine Abraham Lincoln getting up and flipping in his grave right then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's something a lot of people all weren't the, realizing when Trump was in, in office. I mean, it was heading towards that way, you know? At least I think it was. And like I said, I mean, I, I'm talking as a Canadian who doesn't mm -hmm. even live in your country. So I can only imagine someone who does live in your country and what they think. Oh, I was so sick and tired. He was trying to, I mean, he's damnation. Right. He's talking about the Jewish people. He was talking about everybody. And I'm like, really? Right. Seriously. Yeah, you no, need I to know. Get over yourself. Exactly. Oh, I didn't believe him. But to hear to start a firestorm with some folks, but I don't care. To hear these Trumpsters hollering about, oh, he's such and such and he's such and such. Okay, are you running while with blinders on here? Do you not hear the words out of his mouth? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I danced to read his niece's book. Whoo wee. Really? It's sad. Oh yeah, it's sad. I haven't I haven't read it yet, I have to say. I haven't read it yet. I I got the chance to read it. And Mary her fan her side of the family at the grandfather's Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The grandfather's doing. And and he did and Don didn't make it no better. Yeah. You know, yeah. it seems like Fred was the only one, and Fred was Mary's dad. Fred mm -hmm. was the only heart. He was in the, the whole one family. that actually had in the whole family. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, but hey. We are trying to be non-political, sorry, non-political, rather. And uh, <clears throat> I am not going to be like CNN or Fox and praise any one side or the other. Right. I'm just reporting stuff as I see it. You know, it is my channel. And these are my right. guests, and they're allowed to say whatever they want. And I love you for saying that. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, I and just, it's about time it, somebody said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm not the only one. It just it just bugs me that, you know, uh, I was on this one girl's show, 
But every time I turn around, that's all she is him. And I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. Enough already. The elections are over with. Can we just shut it down? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, she just keeps going on and on and on. So I've been mm-hmm. real quiet and it's over. Right. You and know? Was, I mean, I had I had a friend um, uh, in the past who pretty much, no matter what I said about Trump, she always you know, defended him no matter what. And it was really hard to stay yeah. friends with her because it was like she would she wouldn't see the most com the most simplest things. You know, and I don't know if that was done on purpose or, or by accident or what. I mean, one has to wonder. Yeah. And then he's coming back coming back in twenty twenty four. I'm like, oh God! I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I. Uh, well, with any luck, people will get smarter by then. <laughs> I mean, that's all we can well, hope for, yeah. right? I mean, you know, they saying that they finally got his tax records and stuff like that. Mm-mm. You know what? Y'all can say all y'all want to, but until this actually stops. There's no telling what the heck is going to happen. Well, not only that, you know, I mean, because you know, in the end, people have to realize that people as rich as him don't go to jail. No matter what. And that's an unfortunate fact. People as rich as Donald Trump do not go to jail for some reason. I don't know if it's because he's got great lawyers or because he can buy himself out of any situation. But a little uh, bit of both. or a little bit of both, exactly, exactly. You know, and he knows the right people, and in the end, someone bails him out, no matter who they are. So no, I don't. Know. You can only bail somebody out for so many times. Well, I mean, I have to say, I mean, even even certain Republicans were getting were getting tired of his shit. You know, I mean, even certain Republicans were getting tired of his shit. So, I mean, if they were getting tired of it, then imagine how we felt who were against him. Yep. So, um, I mean, honestly, it boggles the mind how how that man got into office. But, hey, you know, I'm all the way up here in Canada freezing my tushy off and... You know, we don't have to worry about such things. We've got our own idiots to worry about. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone while I can because I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> Honey, by all means, if you want We've had our, you know, none of our Canadian politics, and I'm not going to go open in my mouth where I don't belong. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that I wouldn't would be me being real stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you if you did. Honestly. Honestly, I mean we up here just make fun of our, our, our representatives just like that. I mean they deserve mm. it just as bad as the American versions do. The way I look at it, politics 
did it is at the worst the trickiest thing in the world mm -hmm. and at its very least because up until they actually get into office and start earning the money that they're going to be paid mm -hmm. they're they're all talking about well we're going to do this for you and we're going to do that for you and we're going to do this we're start getting that money all of a sudden all the promises they ever made went right out the window right exactly and that's when it becomes a big pain essentially a popularity contest well, I wouldn't know about popularity, like how fast can they line their pockets contest? In some cases, yeah, but I think it's more of a popularity contest because you get lobbyists who come in and say, hey, do this or our 500,000 member crew won't vo vote for you. You know, That's in it. the end, in the end, it's, it's that whole popularity contest. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? There's only so much you can do because no matter right. what, there's always someone who hates you. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you feel about That's people true. who hate you? I just pray about it and keep on moving because yeah. there's always going to be the way I look at it. People talk about people from the day they were born to the day they die and right. even beyond. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're going to always have folks that don't like you I and mean, that don't like you. But if you let that bother you, you'll be worried about everything from now until the day you die. Right. You can't, you, you just can't sit there and let that be the be all of your existence. Mm -hmm. You got to keep moving. You got to keep doing what <clears throat> you know to do. And that was something I had to grow up with actually in my Portuguese culture, my parents were always concerned with what our neighbors thought, no matter what, because what they thought ruled. And even mm. if even if what you did was going to hurt you, it didn't matter. As long as the neighbors okayed it, it went. Mm -mm. And, and, you know, that's sad. I mean, when you have to worry about what other people think of you and you live your life that way, that's just yep. not anywhere to anywhere to go. It just isn't. At it's least I don't feel existence. that way. Yeah, it's not an it's existence. A, it's an existence. No. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't let it worry me. And I know the people that don't like me, but okay, well, God, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to keep on doing what I do because I yeah. know I'm going the right way. And I keep right. doing what I do. Right. And right. As crazy as it sounds, I wind up gaining more friends that way. And um, because I accept people for who they are as I meet them, I don't mm. sit there and, and look down my nose in judgment of them because I don't want them looking down their nose in judgment of me. Sure. You know, I try, I try my best by the golden rule. And it ain't perfect, mm. but I try. And, yeah. um, I try to treat people the way I want to be treated. Right. But, you know, some people, you just can't do that. And you mm -hmm. have to leave them alone. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, one of the first 
one of the reasons I started this channel was to help people get through life, either through with my opinions or by meeting people I interview or learning something I teach. You know, it didn't matter. I didn't care. As long as I could help somebody get through life, that's what counted. And, you know, you sound like someone who believes the same as I do. Am I wrong about that? No. In fact, I've had people come up at at me and ask me if I had a mentor. And I'm like, mentoring? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. You know, whatever they're doing, then so be it. I would avoid it just because of the paperwork. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't thinking about no paperwork because I'm like... (laughs) Uh, me paperwork, yeah, keep dreaming. Uh uh, yeah, yeah, because I approached at one point uh, a teacher, good friend of mine, and asked him if he would if he would mentor me. And he looked at all the paperwork that was necessary, and I said, and he said, no, not a chance. Uh uh, no way, (laughs) you know, it's like submit something every week. Are you kidding? (laughs) I mean. You know, at the end of the day, people are just unwilling to do the work that's necessary. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do with that? What can you do with that? Michael, what's your number? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, they did not have me do mentoring as in big brothers, big sisters. This exactly. was over Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, on Facebook, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I would crack up laughing because some of the pages that I'm a member on, they would ask certain questions. And if it caught my attention, I'd say something. Sure. So. As soon as I said it, three or four people going, you know, that makes sense. Thank you for putting it up there. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, if it helped you, that's fine. I'm glad. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And and, and that's just, it. I mean, there's always someone who supports and thinks the way you do. And that's what drives you. I mean, that's yeah, the one I thing like, that I... More common sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people don't use common sense. They use their emotions or their baggage that to rule their lives. Yeah, or sheep mentality, which really irks me to no end. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Don't get me started on sheep mentality. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know it, don't you? You know the sheep mentality. <laughs> Oh yeah, you've mm-hmm. lived long enough. You know it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not, there's not and many people I can say that about. Because I'd be like, why people lead you around by the nose when you've got a brain to think for yourself with? Exactly. You, and then you sit there and you complain if it doesn't work out the way you expected it to, but then mm-hmm. you want to complain about it and gripe about it. But yet you don't want you don't want you'd rather go with what everybody else is doing. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. If you're gonna complain about it, then do something. Right. Otherwise, 
Just stay in that cheap mentality. Yeah. And there's no you know? originality in that kind of world. There's no originality in that. No. Kind of, you know? If that's a boring world with all the differences we have, mm -hmm. if we exactly. were all in one mentality, it'd be a very boring world. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> And we wouldn't have books like I'm yours. <laughs> I mean, or anybody else's for that matter. Or anybody else's, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Joetta K. Lewis for being on my show and for being the person she is. I want to say, Joetta, well, you are an amazing woman. And I hope you can come back and be with us again sometime, maybe in the near future. And yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. And ladies, remember, ladies and gentlemen, rather, remember, if you like what you heard, subscribe to the channel and hit the like button. And of course, uh, follow us on podcasts everywhere. And if you're a member of the distribution list I run, feel free to join that list and get the download link for the video and an mp3 file of this show thank you for joining me and uh we'll see you all again next time bye bye everyone